Welcome to PostBurnout.com interviews. My name is Aaron Kavanagh and I'm the website's founder and editor-in-chief. PostBurnout.com is a culture website dedicated to venerating burnt-out artists the world over. Our interviews are mainly recorded to be transcribed, but every now and again we release the audio in a series we call PostBurnout.com interviews. If you enjoy what we do, be sure to subscribe. In this edition of PostBurnout.com interviews, we speak with Clinton Jacob and Danny Sign of the noise rock duo Mr. Flies. They talk about forming the band, moving to Chicago, their latest album Fat Chance, their US tour with Bowers and Melvins, working with Amphetamine Reptile Records, their plans for a future record, the difference in recording Fat Chance compared to their previous record Cancel Culture Club, the album's cover art, plans moving forward, the places they're looking forward to playing on the tour, and more. Yeah, so the first thing I wanted to ask is that simply, how did you guys kind of get into music and how did you guys meet up? Uh, so I had moved from uh, Cincinnati to Chicago like right before the pandemic had happened. Um, and I was working on the previous album, Cancel Culture Club then. And I had uh, just basically recorded all on my own at home. And I was looking for, at the time, I was looking for a drummer to fill, to add to that record. Uh, and also just living in that, in Chicago, I was like, okay, I need a new drummer. And pretty much everything that I always do, um, I go with my gut. The previous two drummers, they just, uh, they were great, but they, it wasn't what they were wanting to do for a career. And it's what I want to do for a career. Um, and I met Danny in Grand Rapids from doing a tour before the pandemic. And uh, I was like scrolling on Instagram and I saw him and he had like drum he had like drum videos posted and I hit him up then. It was like, again, I like go with my gut and I was like, ah, there's something about this guy. Uh, and then I, <laughs> I hit him up and I showed him the record. Um, and uh, yeah. And then we just, I think instantly after I showed him the record, I was like, do you want to, do you want to start like writing something? <laughs> and it was like instantly from there. And, doing shows and playing and uh yeah it, it it was great it's danny's a great drummer uh he gets it he gets the songwriting aspect he understands the aspect that flies he understands the weirdness and he works just as hard as i do because uh my brain never stops <laughs> and then how do you think um the addition of danny actually changed the music because you were mentioning you were already writing it um before he joined well, I was writing the prior, the prior album. Yeah. The current album that we have now, Fat Chance, that's all Danny and I together. Um, I don't think, like, I'm always open to change, especially with the band. Like, I let it be whatever it is. I don't put it in a box. I don't put it in, a, in like, genre-esque at all. If we write a polka, we write a polka. If we write a metal song, we write a metal song. Um, and I think the great thing about Danny is he's got that same sort of attitude and mindset with the band that he can, he brings his own flavor and his own background of maybe things that I don't listen to that we still pull together to create what is flies. And Danny, what was it about uh, music from, you were talking about the previous record, uh, then when you heard it, that kind of made you want to get involved with the project? Oh, um, well, it's like, it's several things that I kind of already listened to like it's heavy and it's weird and I like heavy and weird stuff but it's also um like got hooks and it has like it kind of goes the extra mile with how weird it can get like um you know there's like a bunch of like backwards guitar tracks and like weird noises that 
uh, Clinton left in the record, like his cat meowing in the background of one of the songs. <laughs> and like, it's like those little details and like the spontaneity of it that made me think, oh, this is like, you know, really special and really fun. Um, but it's still like familiar in a way, you know, I, it's still like heavy and it still has like these crazy awesome riffs. So yeah, I just heard it and it was just immediately like, man, this is like, this is really different than what a lot of other people are doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, it seems like you guys have been very uh, proficient just in terms of actually getting music out there. I mean, you, you know, you've had an EP, you've had two albums now. Um, yeah, I mean, like, um, how long does like songwriting generally take when, when working together? Uh, yeah, it, de it depends. Um, some songs come together in like one practice. Some songs, um, you know, it'll take like two or three, but generally like they come together pretty quickly. Um, and we really go a lot, a lot of times we go by like feel, like if it feels fun to play, then it's like, you know, it tends to work. So, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty quick process. We try not to overthink it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I, I know it's like, there's, when I was listening to the music, I mean, there, there's a real, I think, emphasis on like um, intensity and energy. Um, I was wondering then as, as songwriters, how much uh, emphasis then do you put on the lyrics? Um, it depends, uh, especially with lyrics, because a lot of the times I let the, I, I really let the music depict what the lyrics are. Like, for example, like Pontiac Grand Dam, um, Pontiac Grand Dam was like not anything what it was on the record, what we were playing before live, because a lot of the songs I'm very much about, I will play them even if they're not finished. Like, I just, I like to get them out there and I, 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 I like to like see a response and see how people feel about it. So a lot of like Pontiac Grand Dam, I was just making up every night and kind of getting an idea of like where, where I wanted it to go. And then when we went to actually record the record, um, that's when I kind of like power drive lyrics in where there's something about it where I can sit, I can sit here all day and we could workshop a song um but when you were like okay time to lay the vocals that's when i will solidify all the vocals and i just get hit with everything that i want to put down and pontiac grand dam really started when we were recording it the beginning kind of sounds like a car revving and that just immediately stuck in my head i was like oh it sounds like a car um and that's where like the lyrics immediately just started coming out so lyrics are really important to me still even if they come out fast they still are important um i think the one that i probably took the most time with uh was like modern life because i already had this idea of callbacks to like you know the, the songs are in question so that's like a jeopardy reference like little things like that um I, I knew the direction i wanted to go with that it was kind of the same thing as we were tracking them i was solidifying everything because i'm like living in this world and i love pressure i like pressure in a studio setting so we booked four days um not because we could book five because it's expensive. We just had four <laughs> days worth of money. Yeah. Uh, but that gives me like a really good pressure where, again, I'm going to go with my gut and I'm not going to second guess it. I'm just going to nail it. I'm going to I'm going to go exactly with what my gut says. And um, I stand behind all the lyrics and I and I love. Writing, I love writing, but it's just something about the pressure of a studio, I feel like I get the most I get the most bang for my buck and I'm, I'm a lot more focused. Versus just at a practice where I'm I'm just winging it. Yeah, 
And then also, I mean, um, your last album, um, Cancel Culture Club, was uh, recorded at home, as far as I'm aware, whereas uh, Fat Chance now is, is recorded in the studio. I mean, how do you think um, just those two kind of um, different settings um, changed the record then? Oh, it, it's like, I feel like it's night and day, which is a good thing, because I never want to be stagnant in anything. I want every record to always be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had so much time for that record that the one at home because the pandemic that I still have a god awful amount of songs that just never made that record because I was fine tuning things so much and I was like, you know, I was making them this and this personality. Um, that I, I really am happy with where we are with Fat Chance, uh, especially just because it's the spontaneity of how we play live and the overall like visceral feel of the live show. I feel like we captured really well that I would not be able to capture at home um, because that was very much like a more of like an experimental, like weirdo record, which I, I love. And a lot of the songs translate well live, but this one, the new one is just a perfect example of like who we are live, what we do, um, but still with like the weird edge. I mean, we did a lot of weird shit in the studio, <laughs> so we still got the weird in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's actually is one thing I kind of noticed about this new record compared to the last one is that, yeah, it does seem a lot less. Um, I know. I mean, it seems very straightforward. It seems like you can tell it's a two piece with guitar and drum where it's like, I feel like the previous record had a lot of um, a lot more musical experimentation. Although there is um, some musical experimentation on this one. I think there's a, a stand up bass at one point. Would that be correct? Or was I hearing that right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I it's, it's still there, but like, you know, they're not, um, I guess, essential proponents to the song that you have to translate in a live setting, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, and I feel like a lot of the stuff too, even with the experimental album, like almost all of those songs I'm confident I can still play live because it is it always starts with like guitar and drum. So the core of it always is guitar and drum because I do have the foresight that I can do it live. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this one, we still added some bass. We added the the um, some of that low end and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was very much a two-piece aspect like this is who we are live on hot actually captured hi-fi yeah so and you we, did hear upright bass <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that so would you say that's like the the main distinction then between um fat chance and the previous record then and um and then if there's like a third record then where, where do you think you go from there good yeah uh, on it honestly uh whatever we feel like like we do like Clinton said earlier like we tend to come at everything with like an open mind so like honestly who knows what we'll be feeling when we start writing again or what riffs will come out you know but I think it'll take shape as we as we go along you know I don't think it'll be like a super intentional like oh it's gonna gotta be this or gotta be that like so I don't don't really know where it'll go next you know yeah but I think I think but that's very good no, I was going to say, but that's like the cool thing about music. And I feel like a lot of people don't, um, they don't dive into enough is like it kind of what Danny had said, like they do a record, it does well and they go, okay, we have to do that again because we have to do well again. I don't give it, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Like if it flops and I love it, I don't care. Like I, I, I'm in it for the art aspect and I'm in it because I love what I do and I love writing songs and I like making weird shit. So I'm very much 
in that same bone too, where like, I don't feel like enough musicians do that where they're, they just don't let the band be the band. They're too afraid of like, they're like a hardcore band, but like a lot of their songs they write are probably in an indie direction. And they're so afraid to put that out because they've established themselves as a hardcore band. If we write a country record, which I've said way too much, and I feel like it's going to happen. <laughs> I would be, I would be so stoked because I love that complete like fuckery that you can do with people where they, they think you're one thing. They think they've nailed us. There's so many times when people with flies, they think they've nailed us. And then we turn it on their heads. And I feel like that's the coolest thing about art is you can, it's ever changing. Yeah. And yeah, so one other thing I wanted to ask you was actually about uh, your label then. So you're on Amphetamine Reptile. Um, and I think like there is a certain expected sound, I guess, on being on that label. But um, I don't know. I mean, like when you listen to say yourselves and, and say the Melvins, for example, like I, I think you can hear some similarities, but I think you're both very clearly and this uh, very distinctly different bands, for example. And I think that's the same with the whole kind of... Um, they'll kind of roster there um oh yeah i was wondering how you feel like uh you guys fit in there good Dan. um i mean i think we fit in really well you know like i think it's just a matter of like what tom likes like tom likes a whole wide range of stuff you know i mean clearly melvin's don't make the same record every time they do a right. lot of crazy different shit like even uh their previous record that they just came out with is like a throbbing gristle like compilation it's all electronic and it's yeah. like that fits perfectly on amrep you know it's just kind of tom's like wacky taste you know and as long as he likes what we're doing and we like what we're doing you know i think it would fit in well there yeah how did you guys get involved with the label actually uh the basically like in 2017 well i always forget i always fuck this up 2018 2017, 2018, somewhere around there. Um, I was doing doing flies, touring, playing shows. Uh, and I got an email uh, from Tom just asking if I had physicals. And I was like, nope. And I thought it was a joke because a lot of the background of the band um, at the early days was it was booked as a jazz band, but it really was just like chaotic noise. So you get booked places, we get kicked out. We were sold as this like jazz two-piece, like, you know, all this shit, but it was just a really loud, chaotic band. Um, he hit me up about physicals. I said I didn't have one and I kind of ignored the email thinking it was a joke. And then I never got emails. So like I never got emails about the band. So I was like, well, I should do some investigation. And then I looked at the email and then I looked up who, you know, like I looked at the name and I, I did some research and I was like, oh shit, this is Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> this is Hazelmeyer from Amrep. And I was like, well, this can't be it because the label isn't doing anything. And then I emailed him back and then I didn't hear anything for a little bit. And then I, I got a call from him. I don't remember how he got my phone number, but he got my phone number some way, somehow. And we talked about it. He was like, I'm doing this comp, I'm doing this reissue um, called uh, Dope Guns and Fucking in the Streets. And he was like, I'd like to add one of your songs if that's okay. And I was like, sure. So he added a song. And then over time, he was like, what would you ever think about doing physicals? I'll, I'll do a CD. Maybe like we'll do like a cheapy CD. I was like, sure. And the CD did well. And then as time went on, we got like, Tom and I became like really good friends over the course of doing this. And I know, and then from talking to old AMREP guys um, that used to work for him, they were like, yeah, man, he's been following your, before he talked to you, he was listening to your band for a year. He was showing everybody. So I think Tom 
really looked for, are we going to, do we have good work ethic? Do we give a shit? And are we doing it for real? Mm -hmm. And I think we met all those categories. And then just talking to Tom, he doesn't, Tom just doesn't hand it to you. Tom makes you work for it. And at this point with the band, I trust Tom with so much, like with everything. If I have a question or I have a concern or anything like that, I know I can get the honest answer from Tom, even if it's something I don't want to hear. It's always honesty. And I feel like every level we've done now with the band and like from the record, the, the last record sold out or this current record sold out in like three minutes. So it's just all because of this, like this work ethic that we've put forward and Tom rewards for the work ethic. And, and again, Tom's a, Tom's a fucking freak. So it's like, that's the great thing about working with him. I love him to death because he's a freak. I could not work with a, with a normal label because Tom lets me do, Tom is like, flies is flies. I don't want anything other than flies. If it's flies, I want it. And that's, you can't ask for anything better than that from a label. Yeah. So you have the freedom to do the country record if, if, if it comes up. Oh, hell yeah. If I, <laughs> if I did it, I, and, and trust me, it'd be a fucked country record. Uh, it'd be like a drunk Willie Nelson on crack or something like that. Yeah. It'd be wild. And, and I know for a fact, if I, if I showed it to Tom, he'd be like, this is great. Cause he's so into the art. He wants to make the cover. And, and that's the, the one thing I like about it is he's also a, an amazing fucking artist. So he gets the art aspect of it. We talk so much about covers and like what it's going to look like and all of that. I trust Tom so much that I, I have very little input. I'm very much like you listen to the record and you make what you think. We, Danny came up with the title for the record and I was like, here's the new music. Here's the title. Do your thing. And yeah. we got what we got and I fucking love it. Yeah. I mean, I, actually that's the other thing I wanted to talk about actually was the, the album cover. I mean, it's very different from uh, the previous one. I think, you know, I don't know. That's something that um, I guess people didn't, I guess you wouldn't really think about it. I mean, like you just hear about like the music changing, but then I do think there is like a, a huge, um, I don't know, just on the actual album art, there's a huge um, um, divergence too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much with like, there's so much with people and like what their perceived idea of beauty is. And I feel like I, do, I, I'm backward. I'm completely opposite of that. So like, I feel like to me, that is, that is a definition and a sheer, I'm not even joking. That is everybody I grew up with on that cover. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is representation of where I grew up. Like that is the beauty. That's the beauty standard. Like I, and I traditional wise and all that shit. I'm like, I don't want no basic ass anything. Like I want to push the boundaries. I want people to talk about it. And Tom is great about that. When we were talking about it, he was like, I'm thinking about putting this big fat person on the cover. And I was like, yes, that's great. Big fat riffs, stripped down, just the band. That's it. That's the cover. That's a yeah. great representation. Yeah. Um, you guys have a, a tour coming up uh, with Bars and Melvins and it's um, it's pretty extensive. I mean, you're covering basically August to uh, October. So and the summer to the beginning of uh to the beginning of autumn, I guess. I oh, sorry, no, mid autumn. Uh yeah, I was wondering uh like what what do you expect for that tour coming up? Go, Dan. Oh man. I mean, uh 
it's hard to know what to expect because we've never really done anything of this like caliber as far as like a big tour um but i mean just looking at the places that we're playing like all we can really expect is huge crowds and craziness like it's just gonna be really fun um we're really excited to meet boris we love working with melvins and we've had the honor of opening for them a couple times now and getting to know them so i'm just expecting like awesome shows and a good hang with everyone to be honest are there any uh, particular venues you guys are looking forward to just uh me personally um, oh go ahead go Dan. no go ahead go ahead oh okay because i don't, me personally, I don't know what yours is so i want to know oh yeah yeah okay i'm really looking forward to uh my hometown grand rapids at the pyramid scheme that's the smallest venue that we're playing on the tour and it sold out the fastest clearly. So um, I'm really excited for that. Cause I think it's going to be like an insane, it's just going to be crazy. It's a very small club. It's like, I think the cap is like 375 or something like that. So it's going to feel insane. Just having like, you know, Boris's like insane setup and, you know, obviously Melvin's is like so loud. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. What about yours, Clinton? Um, there's a couple because I'm I'm a I'm a psychopath and I was like Googling all of them to like see what the insides of them look like and shit like that. Um, there's one and I think it's Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I could be wrong, but I think it's Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, it's whatever's in Pennsylvania. It's this weird, like massive industrial debunked like plant. Like, it's just real scary looking. It looks like Chernobyl. It's like psycho. Um, but apparently you play, the entire background is this just decrepit power plant. But it's like massive, huge, huge power plant. So I'm really excited for that because visually that's just going to look psychotic. And they light it up and shit, so it looks real scary. Um, I'm excited for that one. Um, I'm excited for the shadow box in Seattle, mostly because I'm a huge death captor cutie fan and that's like where they play all the time. So I'm really excited for that one. And, uh, the venue, I think it's Tempe, Tempa or something, Arizona. There's like a really weird venue in Arizona I'm excited for. And naturally the, um, our Chicago date, the Metro, because that's like such a killer venue. So those are, those, those are like the lists. I'm excited for everywhere because we've never been in California, but those are the ones that are like really sticking out right now. Um, I just have one last thing to ask, actually. Um, so, uh, Clinton, you're from Ohio, and Danny, you're from Michigan. How did you guys end up in Chicago? Go ahead, Dan. You go first. Okay. Um, yeah, so I ended up in Chicago. I was uh, in a band uh, before Flies, and we kind of were all itching to move out of Grand Rapids. Nothing against Grand Rapids. It was just like, you know, time for us to kind of do our own thing. And um, so, yeah, we got laid off from our jobs because of COVID uh, reasons. And all of a sudden we were getting these like checks for, you know, unemployment or whatever. And we were like, okay, now's the time to do this. Like we have the time, we have the money and the resources and everything let's just, let's just jump for it. And so we all moved together. Um, and then shortly after that, um, Clinton was like posting about like, uh, making the album cancel culture club. 
and um on instagram and i like reached out to him and then we kind of like reconnected because we had met uh in 2019 in uh grand rapids when we played a show together so yeah we reached back out uh through instagram and connected again and it kind of went from there and uh, clinton um I moved up here because my my partner at the time it was the same kind of thing. I was working at a comedy club, and uh, the comedy club like closed, and you know you can't do anything. So uh, my partner and I were already coming up up and down all the time, uh, and it was kind of the same thing. I was like, you know what, I'm done with Ohio, <laughs> and I'm just gonna make the move up to Chicago uh, for the same reasons. I mean, it's in the middle of everywhere. You can get anywhere, like you need to really get to major wise on this the United States in like five hours, five, six hours. Um, and I just kept thinking like, oh, people can fly in like from recording. And I had this like big, big, big head dream about all that shit. Uh, but no, it like really worked out because moving here, it, instead of knowing everybody and being in the comfort zone I was, I knew nobody. So I was just focused on making the record. Uh, and yeah, and it kind of just opened all the doors, uh, not only for like, the Melvins to come and record or Buzz to come and record and all that other shit. But uh, yeah, to meet like Danny and stuff like that to actually, not that Cincinnati didn't have serious musicians because they do, there's tons of them there. One of my great friends, Chuck Cleaver, who plays in Ass Ponies and Wussy, like he's one of, he's 67 and he's still going, like he's still pouring all the time. He's the most bitching badass dude on the planet. But it's like, I wasn't finding people that I connected with as much um with what I wanted to do and yeah moving here I felt like was like the perfect perfect idea because not only you know to now live all the time with my partner and all that who's super supportive about the band but also you know meeting Danny and finding somebody who also just works just as hard as I do and you know constantly working constantly writing so I'm really happy about the move um I'm not planning on moving back to Cincinnati anytime soon because the sucks okay oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks very much for your time uh is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up or um stream the record just go listen to it send it tell us what you think send us your hate mail um one uh person told me recently that uh, it needs to be less noisy so the next record probably just be back for 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thanks very much for your time, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to that episode of postbornout.com interviews. We hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for more.